Two years ago, Americans watched in horror as a crisis unfolded at the Kabul airport. She was tear gassed and beaten. Images of thousands desperate to escape Taliban oppression filled our news feeds. More than 80,000 Afghans made it to America. But the story didn't end there. It was very cold. There was no power, no heat. Who would help our newest neighbors? I'm Andrea Smartin. In Stranger Becomes Neighbor, you'll hear the stories of some remarkable refugees who left their homes and their dreams behind only to start over from zero. Their only possession was three blankets. And you'll meet Americans who stepped up to help them. You want me to come when you deliver your baby. What can one person do in the face of an international disaster decades in the making? That's Stranger Becomes Neighbor. Find us at kslpodcast.com, follow us on Apple Podcasts, or anywhere else you listen. Hey, welcome to Project Recovery, a podcast about addiction. More importantly, it's about recovery. I'm Casey Scott, and today there is no Dr. Matt Woolley, but he is still a clinical psychologist. Uh, the reason you have me alone today is, well, Dr. Matt's taking some time. He likes to go on vacations, and uh, I really admire that about him uh, because uh, that it all goes back to what we're talking about is self-care. Uh, and getting out and realizing that life is a journey. It's not about the destination. Uh, it's about the things that happen to us along the way. And that's why I'm so lucky to be able to do this podcast weekly for you guys. Uh, the great thing about, uh, this podcast is that it gives me an outlet, an outlet to give back. Um, you know, in recovery, so much, uh, uh, about recovery is giving back. And, uh, this allows me to give back. And I, 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 people often say, they go, I can't believe, uh, you do this podcast. It is so great. And I always want to say, you don't understand what it's doing for me. It keeps me grounded. It keeps me rooted in the recovery community. And, uh, it gives me an outlet to hopefully lessen the stigma about addiction and promote recovery. And that's what we're trying to do here. Uh, so I've, I've got a few things that are bouncing in my head. Uh, every once in a while, when it's just me doing the podcast, you almost get uh, an emotional vomit where I just open up my mouth and things come out. Uh, lately, uh, I've been following a lot of people on Instagram uh, and uh, Facebook and TikTok and talking about the recovery community. And it is so wonderful to see so many people out there promoting recovery, which recovery is different than sobriety. Sobriety just means not using. Recovery means not using and living your best life. And that's what we want to do and help promote on this podcast. But I was watching this lady on Instagram and uh, she was taking issue with somebody saying how proud they are of her. Uh, and, and she just, she didn't like the fact, she didn't like the fact that she didn't know them. Uh, they didn't know her struggles and, and all of that. So she was, she was a little bugged by how many people would say how proud they are of this person. And I was thinking about that because I get it quite a bit too, uh, from people I don't even know, uh, who come up and go, Hey, I'm proud of you. And they'll give me a knuckle bump or they'll give me a hug and you walk away and, and, and you wonder you kind of what, what's that all about? And so I sat down and I was thinking about it and I was like, well, you know, why would somebody come up out of the blue and say they're proud of me? Well, one, I, I think there's some genuine authenticity in that, where they are proud uh, to see where I was and to see where I'm at. Because uh, my recovery and my addiction uh, kind of played out in public view and uh, my mugshot and all those things. And so to, to, to say somebody they're proud of me, they saw where I was, what had happened and where I'm going. 
But another reason I think people might say that they're proud of me is a couple, um, twofold, I guess, if you will. Uh, one is they might be battling addiction themselves, and they know how hard that fight is, and they haven't been able to beat it yet, or they haven't figured out how to conquer it, how to move from addiction into recovery. So when they say that, it it, it, it probably gives them hope that they saw somebody who was battling addiction, who has come out on the other side. Um, the other one is they might have lost a loved one to addiction. That's the crazy thing about um, addiction um, is when I'm out and I'm talking to people, people who I think have their together and have everything going right for them. And, and you see their Facebook or you see their Instagram and you're like, wow, how would it be to have it all put together like that person? Or I have life goals because I want to be like this person. Because what we see is what they show us. But you don't go around showing your wounds. You don't go around showing your scars. You know, but if you sit down and you have some authentic conversations and some genuine conversations with your neighbors, uh, people in your church, people you work with, and you spend more than the two minutes of pleasantries, you notice that almost every family in the U.S. is battling some sort of addiction in some way. It might be an uncle. It might be a friend. It might be a daughter, mother, father. Who knows? Uh, but we don't go around talking about it. And that's kind of why we wanted to do this podcast was to open up the dialogue, to start a conversation and let people know that recovery is possible, that you can recover. You can get your life back. You can amend relationships that were broken, fractured, non-existent. Uh, and, and, but I'm not to say that all of those will be mended. Some of them can't. And that's a tough thing to do. Uh, it reminds me of this Facebook post. Um, Josh, our producer, he puts them up there. Uh, and then I share them on my social and we've got the Project Recovery Facebook and Instagram. Uh, and I try to read all of them. I try to read all the messages. And this is kind of crazy because, so I probably spend too much time on my phone. Um, okay. I spend my, the producer's laughing because I do, uh, and I'm getting ready to go to bed and we had just posted, uh, a reel, uh, of our, our, our guests and our upcoming show. And I was reading through the comments and I, I don't remember it verbatim, but the lady said, I can't stand this guy. I reached out to him in my darkest hour and he blew me off. He only cares about himself Middle finger emoji, peace out. And I was like, oh my gosh, did I blow her off? Because um, it doesn't sound like me, but I, I don't know. Did one slip through the crack? So I I did some sleuthing uh, and, and, I, and I clicked on her name and then I l clicked on messages to see if that we had messages back and forth and I didn't have any there. Uh, then I clicked on my other account and did the same thing there. And then I clicked on the project recovery uh, message thing to see if there was an interaction. And there wasn't one that I could find. And I'm not saying that she didn't reach out or, or, or something happened, but I, it, it, it broke my heart. It really broke my heart because I was like, here was somebody who was vulnerable, who was scared and needed something and reached out. And I wasn't there for her. 
And I know I can't be there for everybody. And uh, it'd be naive for me to think that I can, but I certainly want to try. And if I don't have the answer, I want to point you in the right direction to get you that help. So I've gotten wiser in my old age, and I didn't fire off a response right at the time. Like, hey, I checked. There's nothing there. Sorry. I didn't do that. Um, but I did check. And so I slept on it. And I woke up the next morning, and it was still on my mind. And so I was like, okay. So I sent her a message. And the message was simple, and it says, I am so sorry if I blew you off. I truly try to read every message that is sent my way. And for some reason, I didn't get it. I hope you found the help that you were looking for. And again, please forgive me. And I was hoping that was going to open up a conversation between me and this person and, you know, and see where she is and see if I can help and how life is going. But I didn't get a response. But it made me think about the responsibility that I have on this podcast and kind of being, well, well for anyways, my community, the poster child of recovery. It's not something that I wanted. Uh, but it's something that's turned out to be, and I'm grateful for it and very thankful for it. But I want to be a resource, and I can only do what I can do. So if I haven't responded to your messages, I am sorry. I truly try to read every one of them, and I try to give back genuine information. Now, the thing is, on our Facebook page and our Instagram, we've got an auto-response, and that means if you send us a message, we'll have an auto response saying, thank you for reaching out to us and contacting us. If this is an emergency, please call. And then we've got numbers there and, and, and help that because we want you to get the help that you're needing. Because I know what it takes to make that first phone call, to reach out to somebody and say, hey, I'm hurting. I'm an addict. I need help. So we want to make sure that you get that first response going, hey, please, if this is an emergency call. If not, then I try to read them. And I don't know if that's what got missed um, in the communication, and maybe so, but I know what it takes to make that phone call. And uh, I'm sorry if I ever blew anybody off. The only reason I'm able to do this is because of you out there who download this podcast weekly, those who support the Facebook page, the Instagram, who reach out and and need help or reach out and say that we've been a help. So just know that when you do that, that I will try to get back to you. And Dr. Matt will. I get phone calls daily. I get messages weekly of people wanting help. Hey, I'm thinking about going into recovery. Who do you recommend? I'm thinking about doing this. What are your suggestions? My son or daughter is doing this and I'm trying to figure out about boundaries. Now I've got to tell you right now, I'm not the doctor. And even our doctor is not a doctor in the addiction world. He's a clinical psychologist. He works with youth. He's got a lot of insight. He's got a lot of smarts and he's very knowledgeable about things that go on in the human body and the mind and, and how it all works. But we're not professionals when it comes to this. All I can tell you is my story and what I'm doing to stay sober. Coming up on September 3rd, it'll be my four-year anniversary of being sober. And I can't believe that four years have gone by and how my life has changed from the day I walked into a detox center, then went into a recovery center and how I started to mend my life and, and, and fight for it and get it back. Um, I've said it before on the podcast. Um, my life is better than I could have ever imagined. 
Um, and I'm so grateful and I'm so blessed. And I want to thank everybody who has been along this journey with me. And so much the fact that I want to thank the people who doubted me, uh, who gave me motivation because it did. You don't get to tell me what I can and cannot do. I'm the one that is going to choose where my life's going to go. I am the author of my story. So I do get a little kick out of people going, you'll never do it, or you'll, you'll F it up again. And you know what? You might be right. Uh, but right now, it, it's not in my game plan, uh, and I'm, well, I'm, I'm, I'm better prepared now than I've ever been in my life. Uh, I do things that keep me sober. I stay grounded. I'm connected with my family, my kids, my job, uh, my community. And this podcast allows me to do that. Um, I got another message uh, just the other day on one of our Facebook posts. And I wanted to read it to you. because, And I don't read this to pat myself on the back. Uh, and say all the great things this podcast is doing because I do know this podcast is making a difference. I'm saying this to show you that recovery is possible. I used to listen to you while driving on my way to work and crying of the insanity of my obsession. I am happy and grateful that I am three months sober at 60, being in and out of recovery since I was 17. For me, getting totally honest, telling my secrets, and hanging out with like-minded women, I have changed for the better. Two out of my five kids speak to me, but I'm holding on to time. Things I must earn. God is in the business of restoring families, and I will continue to do what those that have experienced an all-anonymous program suggest. People go into meetings to find out what happens to people that don't go to meetings. Anyway, your podcasts are the best. I'm here in sunny Florida and so happy to have you guys ever-present, and do what you do. I love you both. It's messages like those that should be an inspiration to everybody out there listening. That recovery is possible. And it's better than you could have ever imagined. But I'm not going to lie to you. It's not easy. But nothing worth it ever is. You're going to have to get honest. You're going to have to listen. You're going to have to take direction from something, someone other than yourself. Because everything you've been doing up to this point has got to you where you are. And addiction is not a disease that you're going to outthink, outsmart, or outmaneuver. You have to accept that you're an addict and there's things out there that have more control over you than you want. And if you can stay away from them, if you can better prepare yourself, if you can equip yourself with the right tools, the right community, uh, the right family, uh, friends and all those things combined, you can beat this and you can recover. And you can get your life back. But I'm again going to tell you, it's not easy. Um, there were times that I wanted to give up. But I didn't. I didn't know what to do. 
So I just kept doing the next right thing. And that was talking to my support group, talking to my community and being honest with myself. And that right there, the honest with yourself, that's the key. Because an addict brain is tricky. It is conniving. It is smart. It is manipulative. And it will make you think a bad idea is a great idea. And before you know it, you're going to find yourself in similar patterns and similar situations that got you in trouble in the first place. So when you can accept that you're an addict, you can now figure out how to get your life back. It's crazy. Um, I love my life. I love my kids. And I said this from the first podcast when we got in there. I would sit in these rooms and people would stand up and say, addiction is the best thing that's ever happened to me. Um, And I go like, that's crazy because it's literally the worst thing that's ever happened to me. And four years uh, into sobriety, almost, um, I'm still not ready to say it's the best thing that's ever happened to me. But I am grateful for it because it has taught me some amazing things. Um, it has given me my life back. It has given me purpose. It's given me direction. Um, and it's given me everything that alcohol couldn't give me. And for that, I am grateful. There might be a time that I sit down and say it's the best thing that's ever happened to me. I'm not there yet. I'm just going to be honest. But I am grateful for it um, because it has taught me so much. So thank you for stopping by and listening to me uh, rant and rave and tell you what's on my mind. Hopefully it made sense. Uh, Hopefully you got something from it. But I love you. I mean it. And I appreciate every one of you out there. And I will never try to blow any of you off. I will try to help and point you in the right direction. Because somebody did it for me. And if I can help one, I want to help you. Thank you for listening. Project Recovery is a KSL podcast. of this program are for informational purposes only. The program is not intended to be a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician, licensed therapist, or other qualified health provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition. Never disregard professional medical advice or delay in seeking it because of something you've heard on this program. KSL does not recommend or endorse any specific tests, physicians, products, procedures, opinions, or other information that may be mentioned on the program. Reliance on any information provided on the program is solely at your own risk. A stranger with a gun came upon two teens taking pictures under a rising full moon. But violence is only the beginning of this story. Sometimes I thought, there are no miracles. Yeah, there are. And this is a big one. I'm Amy Donaldson, and I've spent my career talking about how lives are undone by violence. The Letter is a podcast about how lives are remade. Follow The Letter at theletterpodcast.com or wherever you get your podcasts.